Hello and welcome to another episode of Crazy Waffle. I'm your host Mark Hirons and today we are chatting to Stay Grey Ponyboy. His real name is Matt Dawson. Now during this podcast we go through Matt's story and he goes detailed into his design process. This is a really informative podcast so I really hope it helps someone. So without further ado, this is my chat with Stay Grey Ponyboy. So let's talk a little bit about the name first. Where did that come from and does it matter that designers give themselves strange names? You know, I, I don't think it really matters and it's, it's funny because you're, you're right, a lot of designers do have strange names. For, for me, it just kind of came from a lack of wanting to call it Matt Dawson Designs or, you know, like to me, there's, I don't know, I, I didn't like the sound of that. I felt it was a little narcissistic to, to call it uh, Dawson Design Company. I don't know. So we, we named our design company Studio Gray. It's a family name. And whenever we were trying to get a URL, it's actually not a very exciting story because it just pretty much came from lack of being able to find a URL. Um, StudioGray.com was taken, and we didn't really want anything other than a .com. Yeah. So we were just kind of brainstorming, and uh, there's a book called The Outsiders, and one of the most famous lines from it is Stay Gold, Pony Boy. You know, we just kind of messing around, and playing with words and came up with stay gray pony boy and um you know we were able to build a little story around it as you know like like being gray is kind of neutral and like seeing things from like all sides not being not being too partial to one way or the other and like that's kind of how we like to view things and somehow it just clicked and made sense to to call to you know call my online self stay gray pony boy and um yeah nice what book is that again i can i can't remember it's it's called The Outsiders. The Outsiders. I'll write that down. Like you said, I don't think it matters. Love just like the blue dead design. Like who, who thought of that? It's silly, isn't it? And um, it's such a such a strange thing. Design names. I mean, a lot of I don't know to fit in. I think people call themselves their own name and then followed by design and stuff like that. It's just it gets a bit samey. You always there's no like differentiation between the uh, between the names in the end. Yeah, I mean, at least if you know, at least if it's different enough to to start this conversation, then you know it's like standing out for for good or for good or bad reasons, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it but at least it's not another you know John Smith graphic mm, company, you know. So it's uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's important to stand out in our field in any way we can. Yeah, awesome. So tell me a bit, a bit more about yourself. Like, how did you get into the design? What did you what did you do? Did you study at a university, or how did it come around? I did. Um, I didn't know that I wanted to be a designer for a long time. Um, I actually wanted to be an architect, and, and I wanted to be a landscape architect. That's actually what I went to school to. Uh, that's actually what I went to school for first is landscape architecture, and I, I got almost all the way through it, and just kind of wasn't feeling it. Couldn't really see myself spending the rest of my life doing um, doing what I was doing at uh, school. So I research graphic design realized that I, I didn't know what it was honestly but like I kind of noticed myself um you know gravitating towards like the more presentation elements like my personal logo that was on my landscape architecture projects and after having a conversation with um you know a, a teacher that was able to just be straight with me and be real with me she kind of led me to the realization that like I feel like you're kind of gravitating towards graphic design and she was actually a graphic design major as well you know whenever she was in school so I, I, I trusted her word and you know kind of like 
looked into it more and was like, oh yeah, I am into this. I had no idea I was into it, but um, yeah, and I, I completely switched gears, much to the chagrin of my my, my parents and uh, you know, like starting over from scratch. You now, like I had a scholarship that I had completely like you know spent all of my previous four years not wasted, but um, started over from scratch in graphic design. And I've been doing it professionally for about 10 years now. Awesome. And that's quite nice of the teacher to mention it as well, like, rather than just let you go through and, and then find out yourself. Um, that's pretty cool, actually. Well, I think more yeah. teachers should do that. Uh, what sort of led you away from architecture the most? What sort of made you realize? You know, I, I, I loved uh, a, a lot of design curriculums at universities. You know, they all start with the same core uh, classes and courses, you know, like, design theory, design elements, and you, you learn, you, you just learn the design basics and like the fundamentals. Mm. And those can be applied, you know, throughout any, any kind of design career path. And I really like that. I felt like with landscape architecture, as it started getting more focused, while I really did enjoy like kind of urban planning and designing what these cityscapes would look like, there's a, there's a lot of math involved. And there's a lot of, like, the, the, you know, you can't just do the fun part. You have to be very well gifted and, and the things that back it up, which is your, your engineering, your grading um, for topography. And, you know, it was that stuff that kind of, like, took me out of it a little bit. I was like, oh, you, you, like, you just kind of get to a realization. You're like, oh, this isn't just all fun and games. Luckily, with design, it's mostly fun and games, at least for me. And I don't, I don't have to... I, I can use that part of my brain that focuses solely on the creativity versus the logistics of things. Mm, that's cool. That's cool as well. I've got like an interest, sort of like slight interest for, uh, for architecture, and that's why I've been doing these buildings and, and these sort of things, um, sort of overlapping a little bit. So I can understand why, like you say, it overlaps the subject overlaps with graphic design. Whereabouts? Whereabouts did you go to university again, or you, like college? It's called. So I'm I'm from the states, and I went to. Um, I went to school at LSU, which is in Louisiana. Cool. What's your the biggest takeaway you had from college? Like, is that the like, realizing graphic design was your main thing, or that was definitely whenever it clicked for me. You know, to be honest, even though I was almost done with landscape architecture, I really just felt like I was going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my, you know, the biggest the biggest click for me, and even though I already spent four years in school was whenever like I finally had that moment of realization like this is what I really want to do. And um, you know, the, the previous the previous four years were fun. Yeah. And don't don't get me wrong, um, it was a great time and great experience, but like being in school with passion and focus, you know, like that was that was cool for me. But but you know, like whenever I think back on it now, like as much fun as I had and the the more I've learned like these past ten years is you don't have you don't have to go to school for graphic design. And in fact, one of my one of my intro design professors told me that he was like, "Do you really want to start over?" He was like, "You don't have to go to school to do this." And like, I thought that was really you know like now whenever I look back on it, that's valuable advice. That then it kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> Any anyone can anyone can be a designer. You just have to you know put the time into it. Obviously, with the cost as well these days, it's, it's it's especially in the UK, the cost of university keeps rising, and that's one reason why I didn't go. And it's just uh, 
yeah, it becomes more and more of a cost to become a graphic designer. Like, just the other way to do it alternatively, you can get internships, apprenticeships, basically just do it online as well if you really wanted to. We've, we've got, I mean, we've got a world of resources at our fingertips, you know, with the internet and just every everything, you know, like, you, like I said, learn how to do it. You just gotta, you just gotta really want it and put in the time, which obviously, you know, you're, you're doing as well, which is awesome. I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> um, with your, your process, can we talk a bit about that? Sort of how do you, how do you, get in the client and then from there get to the final product so throughout my career i've always i've always been in positions where and this isn't unique to me this is pretty much everybody but i'm almost always in the position where like they need something right now or yesterday or last week yeah yeah. (laughs) but what that kind of forced me to do at like an early stage in, in in design was try to think three to four steps ahead and while I was doing a lot of advertisements and editorial work um, with my first jobs, and those were very, very fast-paced um, environments, learning to think that way has kind of helped me streamline my process now to where now mostly I do branding and identity. So, you know, like even though I have plenty of, you know, field notes lying around, I, I, I fill them up with notes. I don't fill them up with sketches. I've never been like a thumbnail kind of guy. Because again, with, with the speed and efficiency in which things need to be done, I don't have a lot of time to do that. So what I've trained myself to do is if I have a conversation with a new brewery that's about to open up, my sketches start go, going in my head while I'm having that conversation with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my process is talking with them and getting getting ideas brewing in my head to where I can go, you know, I can go straight into the design process. Um, now I, I get that a lot of people a lot of people like to draw and draw, and that's that's perfectly fine. Um, I, I respect the ones that, that do do that, but it's just never been it's it's never been the most effective method for me. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, uh, I was talking to someone last week about this, and they were talking about Tom Geismer and Ivan Shermife. Uh, and their work and one of them does all of the sketches one of them thinks out through their process and the other one his process is like you is it's getting the first few ideas out there on, on paper and, and designing them is there any difference in effectiveness between the two yeah i mean i i think there can be value in both you know i i try not to present a lot of options to my clients yeah. um because you know i i do have that more that mindset that this is the solution to your to your design problem. You know, we're only going to muddy things up if I give you five more solutions because after that, like, what's the solution? Mm. So I I try to stick to a couple of concepts that I'm fairly sure are going to hit the mark. And, you know, I I think by having the process begin and end in my head is helps me streamline those couple of concepts versus a book filled with things and i don't i don't know it, it, it just doesn't it doesn't work for me but like there's no right or wrong with it i suppose it's different yeah like you say different personal ways of doing it as well if you feel more comfortable doing that then just go with that so was there any difference did you notice any difference between your the process you're doing now and then when you're at the agencies honestly a handful of the agencies that i worked with uh wanted to see multiple concepts yeah and that, that was that was great because you know it, it honestly it, it wasn't on it wasn't on my time and I'm, I'm completely on my own now so everything is on my time but you know if I had two or three days to work on nothing but a, a monogram for somebody then yeah sure like I would I would fill my illustrator artboard up with dozens of um, dozens of ideas and like they, they, they my, my my artboards still get pretty messy um, 
with trying out different things. But um, yeah, I found that I actually did have more time at agencies, I guess, because you have also more people working yeah. on different things. So you can solely focus on one. But yeah, I definitely had more time to, to flesh out concepts um, in, a, in a more team-oriented environment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that's why I sort of found as well. There's um, although it seems to be when I I've done a few internships and it seems to be very very fast paced. They want you to just get it done and quickly. It's sort of like they they expect you to sketch a little bit. Well, in my my opinion, anyway, I think they from my experiences they um, they want you to sketch a little bit, but just really get it done. They should you know you should be able to nail it pretty much first time. Um, and that mm-hmm. pressure, just obviously being young and designer as well, I just couldn't I couldn't really deal with it. Which is which is interesting. It's interesting to hear other people's stories and opinions on that. So somewhere ideally, I'd like to be because it saves so much time as well. Um, from from a time perspective, I love your background, by the way. Like just just all the pictures on the walls, and I saw a picture on Instagram yesterday. Or was it yeah yesterday? And it was it's fantastic. I love it. I have to do some more of here. It's only gonna last a, a few a few days before I have to clean it all up again. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been a nice relaxing. I, my mind can relax more whenever the space around me is clean and clutter free. So. That makes sense as well. Cause I was listening, I was watching another video um, and they were talking about sort of your senses being overloaded with things and, and just, we don't really know how much that actually impacts us. Because if you've got too much stuff around you, your eyes keep darting around the room and overwhelming and you can't really focus. Which is fair enough, and I get that as well. Like with an Xbox over there, and it's being a family room, we've got people coming in all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it just makes sense. So, yeah, so at the ideation bit, like you say that you don't do too much sketching, um, and you transcend a few ideas. How do you come up with those ideas, and how do you, how do you commit yourself that they are the ones? Um, you know, it, it, it really just, I, I've, I've learned to kind of hone in on what like the client's asking for. And you know what what it is that they that they're ultimately trying to get. Uh, I try to have them be as much a part of the process as possible. Uh, and now some people really like that. Some people just want to like wash their hands of it and have you do it. But you know, I, I try to get into their head and you know really feel out what it is they're looking for. Um, I do this thing I call a visual audit with them, and it's basically because I mean I, I kind of work with people all over. And a lot of times you can't sit down face to face with them. So what I try to do is, you know, we we talk about their project. We talk about the feel, the the perception that they want their customers and their clients to have when they think of them. And like all all that, all that stuff is great. You know, like their words. And obviously I, I can pick up on what those words mean and, you know, how to visually articulate them. But then I try to get a sense of who they are as like a visual person. And so I'll, I'll ask them to give me examples of people in their field that they think that they think are doing it right. Examples of people in their field that they think are doing it wrong. And then I also typically get a, a Pinterest board of their likes and dislikes. And those likes and dislikes can, they, they don't have to just be logos. It can be cereal box packaging at the grocery store. You know, um, it just kind of gives me a glimpse into what resonates with them so I can kind of, I can take our conversation, I can take a visual style. Now, don't, don't get me wrong, it's not, they're not going to get a copy of something that they told me that they liked, yeah. but it just, it, it gives me an idea like, okay, well, if they have a bunch of hand lettering on their dislikes, then I'm not even going to waste their time or my time by doing a hand lettered piece for their restaurant. You, you see what I mean? That makes um, sense, yeah. It kind of helps shave down and distill 
the look and feel I'm going to go for and, and to also make sure it, it hits their needs and their clients, you know, needs. That's, that's a good point. Actually, it's one thing I thought of whilst you're talking about that is I don't think myself and a lot of new designers do that enough. I don't think we ask enough questions about uh, the clients and how they can um, really understand what they're thinking um, because it's sort of like a guessing game like if, you're not, if you're not doing that. It is. And I mean, you know, like it, it doesn't always go that smoothly. You know, like there are still some people that, like I said, some people don't like to be a part of that process and some people, yeah. they want to see multiple options and they, they want to say, well, I have, I came to you for a reason. And like, I get that. But um, just like anything, the more information you have, the more tools you have to build from. What do you do with those people that do say, can we see more options or, or uh, kick up a bit of a fuss? Uh, that's a tough one. You know, um, I, I've, I've had instances before where you, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll get a client that, that says, um, I'll know it when I see it. Uh, yeah. Pretty much the, the worst thing to hear. And, you know, like, honestly, we, we've just kind of, I've had to part ways with a couple and that's okay mm. because, you know, I honestly just can't keep churning out ideas for, for this person and have, you know, like if, if we can't have a conversation and like a relationship to get to a point where like we're both vibing with each other, then we're probably not that suited to work together. I've gone through a handful with people and, you know, like ultimately just kind of comes down to, okay, well, maybe we're not the best fit. That's okay. You know, like you, you win some, you lose some. And well, luckily those those are very rare when that happens, but it happens. Yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes like you even get some red flags when they when they send you an email or because um, there's something like going back to the new designer thing, I'm, I'm trying to find, I'm uh, trying to understand what those red flags are for are and what they look, I'm looking at and making sure that I don't try and pick up too much work that has too many red flags in. Red flags to me, uh, the, the biggest red flag is whenever I get an email or an, or an Instagram message that's just, um, how much do you charge for a logo? That means that, to, to me, what that red flag is all about is that they don't really care about anything else than how much it's going to cost them to get something. And that, you know, they don't really value the time and product that's going to come out. They just want to know the price. So that's that's a big red flag for me. And those I kind of, you know, just immediately will reply with a number. And knowing if, if, they, if they kind of scoff at that number, then... Then I, I was right, but you know that that's that's my biggest red flag. Uh, another red flag is whenever they're also a bit of a creative, right? And uh, like again, like I said, I like people to be hands on, but sometimes people want to be too hands on. Yeah. And like I've I've had people take what I give them and alter it and be like, well, what about this and how about this and you know like that. That's that's kind of a red flag to me. Um, whenever they're they want to be involved in the process like collaborating via conversation is one thing but you know whenever they hired me to do a task and they want to get in there and mm. alter the task that's uh it doesn't it doesn't sit very well with me yeah yeah and also what do you do with provisions as well because oh, that's, that's a big thing and, and can spend a lot of time on them yeah uh, I, I, I mean you can go back and forth forever with revisions I try to, uh, again, like I feel like I've worked out a pretty good system with our conversation, the visual audit, and knowing knowing their tastes to where, you know, like I have it in my contracts that, you know, after you've approved the concept, we'll do one round of revisions. And I try to reiterate, get them all out, 
you know, like really like even if they send me like an email, like here's what we want done, I'll send it back and be like, are you sure? Like look again because you know, like I, I don't want to charge them extra, you know, if, if they, if they miss something. And a lot of times people, people are just quick to think like they'll see one thing and be like, Oh, change this. But they didn't really look at everything they want changed. I try to do one detailed round of revisions. And if you put a price point on any further revisions, you'll see how quickly that, that makes them okay with what you give them. <laughs> um, and it, it, and it's not to get out of it, but you know, like what, what I've found and not, not to sound, not to sound conceited, but most oftentimes like the first thing we give them as designers mm. is going to be like directly from our mind to our hand, to the screen, to them, the best, the best thing we think for them, mm. you know, after that, that's the most direct connection we have with them. But after that, and they get it and they show it to their brother-in-law or their neighbor and this and that person, like that's whenever things start getting diluted. And that's whenever a great design can turn into a mediocre design or something you don't even want to share with people because, you know, like it had so many other hands to go into it. Yeah, you've got to be careful with that sort of stuff and make sure it's outlined in the contract, I think. I'm learning a lot here today. I haven't had a proper, if I'm being honest, I haven't had a proper client client in for, for for about half a year now because it just dried up last year um so it's it's interesting to like someone who's been doing it for ages get interested to get their take on it and what i should be doing um and it's also gonna help a lot of my audience as well so thank you for that what's been the biggest challenge like being going freelance and going on your own making making you it for yourself for me the the biggest challenge is you know convincing people that design is something they should invest in because uh, again, a lot of a lot of those requests and initial conversations start off with price. I, I feel like it's shifting a little bit to where people are starting to care more now about design. But that's the biggest challenge to me is convincing someone that you know, like you need you need to invest in your brand just as much as you need to invest in these kitchen items. You know, like like it's just as important piece of your of your business as this cooler that's going to, you know, keep all of your food fresh for your restaurant, you know? So like, that's the, I'm still learning how to, how to do that. Like I, I don't have the best answer for, for people sometimes, but like, that's, that's definitely a challenge that I think we all face all the time. What's like, what was the number one thing you say to someone who's challenging that? You know, the number one thing I say is that you only have one chance to make a first impression. Humans are visual, like we're, we're visual people. If this new bakery is opening up and they quickly slap together a logo just so they could open, that's, it might not make the best first impression. You know, like they might have the best item in the world, the best product, but you know, if it, if it doesn't attract people, then you, you, you've got to get people in the door. And, and you can't be like, oh, we'll fix the logo later because, you know, six months down the line, their business might have floundered for, you know, visual reasons, you know. So it, if, if you can if you can have a, a great looking brand coupled with great product and great service, those are the tools to set you up for success. And like that's that's what I try to impart on people that that want a 99designs.com logo. You know, some listen, some don't. That's a great bit of advice there. So the last few questions I try and ask everyone is uh, your best purchase under a hundred pounds or dollars in your case. Best purchase under a hundred dollars. Wow, I'm trying to look around right now and see. <laughs> some good art. Some good artwork behind you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find something that's useful there. Yeah, definitely. Under a hundred dollars as well. It's quite hard on. 
Yeah, that's that's the tough part. Yeah, I'm really not. I'm I'm kind of at a loss right now in here. Um, if if I'm if I'm talking about like any tool, yeah, um, and it sounds it sounds like an old, like an outdated thing to buy, but I bought a cheap printer, scanner, and copier, and that thing has been pretty valuable. Like I, I feel like uh, I feel like that's not a big necessity for people anymore. Yeah, it, it's come in handy far more times than it's collected dust. So if I'm talking about a useful item in my office, that's that's been pretty good. What's your? I mean, you've given tons of advice already, but what what would be your number one bit of advice to uh, creatives out there? Nothing really prophetic, like you know, like do do the work or like that, nothing like that. Cause like that, that's all stuff we know. I, I think I think my biggest my biggest piece of advice is to just be patient. You know, everybody, everybody wants to, wants to start at the finish line, but there's, you know, I, I see it with a lot of young designers. Hell, I, I see it with older designers too, that, you know, just aren't, aren't where they want to be, but like maybe it's because they just haven't given it enough time yet. So yeah, just be, be patient with yourself and you know, things will happen. Awesome. How do you want to be remembered? Yeah, that's a good one, man. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think I want to be, remembered in any sort of big way wow that's that, that's a tough one because like I, I feel like there are certain groups and people that i would want to be remembered by certain ways just uh helpful and humble you know i i don't want people to to think of me and be like oh that guy had a big head and you know yeah. full of himself and you know helpful and humble seem like two two good attributes for you know for people to if, if some if someone can walk away from a conversation with you and, and think those two things, I'm okay with that. We've definitely done that today for me. Thanks. How can people stay in touch with you and contact you and reach out to you? You can find me on Instagram at Stay Gray Ponyboy, and then again, you can find me online at StayGrayPonyboy.com. Awesome. So, uh, that fair warning, my my website is woefully outdated. Luckily, Instagram's kind of a real-time portfolio, and you can see all my most current work and get in touch with me there. Perfect. Thanks very much for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Thank you very much to Matt for being on the show. I really appreciated his time and chatting to him was really good. I learned a lot about how he conducts his process in design. I hope this episode helped you too. It gave a lot of insight into a design process. It's a really valuable tip to take away from this one. So if you did learn something from this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. Like, comment, subscribe, whatever you have to do. Thanks very much, and I'll see you in the next episode.